0: Daily DVR is presented by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Cufflinks.com knows it's tough out there and they want you to stand out. Well, you're six feet apart, support the podcast, support our presenting sponsor, cufflinks.com. Go ahead and buy something. Go over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. And guess what? They also have face masks. They fit kids, adults, they're washable. A portion of the money goes to the Mayo Clinic COVID Research Fund, and they're 100% made in the USA. So go on over to cufflinks.com today save, support our sponsor, and be well. Enjoy the show. Today is Wednesday, May 27th, 2020, and this is Daily DVR. Welcome back to Daily DVR. My name is Axel, of course. You can find out more about us at DVRpodcast.com. All right. Well, It's been a while since I sat here by my lonesome and recorded a show, but I had a brief moment where the wife is doing some work and the kid is playing Minecraft. And so I decided to jump on, talk a little bit about what's going on here at DVR Podcast Network, as well as some shows and films that I've recently watched and maybe talk a little bit news, too. Let's see how much I can get through before somebody starts making noise. But that's kind of my first news item here, which is that um you know, we are in the midst of the coronavirus crisis going on in here in America and of, of course across the entire world. And uh our thoughts are with everybody out there. Hopefully everyone is maintaining social distance and wearing a mask. Remember, the mask is not to protect you. The mask is to protect other people from you. (laughs) Okay. So wear the mask. It's not that hard. Um, but as a result, my son, uh, has not had school for two and a half or three months. My wife is working from home and I live in a very small house. Here in Portland, they do not make the houses very large, and my office is actually right next to my son's room and across the hall from our bedroom, which has become my wife's office that she is working out of because my office also doubles as my son's TV, video game, playroom as well. So as a result of that, I'm going to be doing less shows Uh, over the summer. Hopefully by September, October, things will get back in order, start doing three shows a week again. But over the summer here, I'm probably only going to do one show a week. I wish I could do more, but trying to maintain that schedule and if there's anything that West doing, this is what I did. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Bachelor, uh, uh, I should say uh, The Bachelor, and then Listen to Your Heart. Mine Hunter is another show that I missed in there that we did that I covered too. I can't remember. A lot of shows. Um, and recording during the day was very stressful. And honestly, I felt at some points. I think I was given my all, but I know I was distracted some days and it was very difficult to maintain my concentration as well as get a good audio recording, um, with background noise and all that. And also just, I have to be, um, considerate to my son and my wife. I can't tell everyone to be perfectly quiet for two hours while I record a podcast. Um, And then for the another hour, hour and a half, it takes to edit and upload. So, or sometimes longer. Um, So as a result, I'm going to be doing one show a week. Sorry about that. I love you all. Heath and I are going to continue doing Mindhunter. I'll probably end up doing more than one show a week, some weeks. Uh, That's kind of how I roll But as far as the Patreon goes, I am going to be pulling back a little bit, but I will be dropping more of those old Lost Mythos shows, Lost Revisited Now, you know, I'm sure Heath and I, uh, and Tim and I, Andy, Brett, Gina, Jenny, any of those cats, anybody wants to do a podcast, we'll put it out there on the feed and on the Patreon uh, and I'm sure I'll, I'll grab them and try to do some Patreon pods. So the Patreon does continue. You can go to patreon.com slash DVR. And if you're a fan of the show, Hey, you know, uh, it's not a bad time to become a patron, help a brother out. You know, we're going through the times here. I, like I said, I am going to be doing less shows, but, um, the Patreon has a ton of stuff from the past that we have done tons of exclusives and we're going to continue doing that, as well as the old Lost Mythos. And we're up to what are we up to now? Recon, episode eight of season six. Um, so lots of great stuff over Patreon.com/slash DVR. But like I said, I'm still going to continue doing podcasts. You know, we, we ain't going away. Uh, just have to kind of roll with the times. And I can record at night. But I have to admit that, um not being able to have play dates and stuff means that the kid is not as tired, which means that I am playing with him, <laughs> so more so than I would be like, say over this last summer where I could say, "Hey, go play with your friends for an hour, I gotta record a podcast uh that's a little can't really do that, so um, as a result, at night, I'm pretty tired, and you know. I always want to do a good podcast, not just put something out. So that's why even today, I figured I'm going to talk about this and give you a little update on what's going on. Uh, but also, I am going to talk a little bit about what I've been watching. And let's do that right now. Enough of that kind of chatty. Oh, but I will say, do want to remind you, we will finish Mindhunter. Definitely. Uh, Heath and I are going to jump back in. We've got four episodes left. Uh, I am planning on having guests over the summer. I've been talking to Gareth, uh, Sean from History of Westeros, who contacted me. I put kind of word out. Anyone want to come on? Uh, My friend Rippy. Um, I talked to a bunch of people, Sean from world of video, my friend, Sean, he's going to come on. We're going to do some old movies. So I do have a lot of stuff planned and it's going to be good content, but not three shows a week. I can't really maintain that schedule at this point. It's a little bit was kind of woo. Westworld. Oh my God. I just got to say thank you to Gina, to Jenny, to Brett. Andy, Tim, I mean, what an amazing season of Westworld, you know, of course, Ken, I mean, it's something I forget to mention Ken. Cause it's like, he lives inside my heart. So it's like, you know, I, I just think I it was in my mind. I'm thinking of Ken, um, and, uh, love you, Ken. And, um, we had a fantastic season doing Westworld, so many shows, Everybody. It was so fun to listen to everybody's other shows, and especially those weeks when I was doing Better Call Saul, and Justin was able to take over uh, the hosting duties with Jenny and Brett, and they were able to make YouTube video. It just. It really everything. We rolled with it all, and it turned out fantastic. And I was really felt just lucky to have so many friends. And awesome people that wanted to talk about it, that wanted to be a part of the network and part of Westworld Theorycast, because that's what it's all about, baby, you know, and um, that's a fun thing. Actually, Tim and Andy did a show last week, if you heard, and they talked about Gina challenging us. And I was just thinking, man, I got to pick another movie for the 10-Day Gina Challenge, not Oscar winners, because I'm always so hoity-toity. I'm like, this film is an amazing film. You know? (laughs) I'm So like, this is art, people. Um, So I had to pick some that were not. And of course, on the second day, I already cheated. But uh, that was a great show. Thanks to Tim for putting out two shows last week. Keith putting out a new film list. And we're also continuing on the Patreon for Heath's um, Kickstarter for Star City Murders, which they're write, rewriting the script right now. And we're going to be doing some Kickstarter pods that are also talk also on the Patreon that talk about his journey. And we did the first one of those. So a lot going on. But Westworld, really, I, I once again, I just have to thank everybody for taking part in that It was just amazing, a lot of work, but also made me feel so good just to be a part of a team and hear all the awesome ideas that everyone had. It was really wonderful stuff. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful, wonderfully wonderful. So let's get into what I've been watching. All right, I checked out with my wife, Hustlers, um, H-U-S-T-L-E-R, Hustler. Not that version. Not not. This was much different. Jennifer Lopez is in this movie. Um, let's see who else was in it. I got to bring up the old IMDb. Constance Wu was really the star. Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu. It was really Constance Wu's movie. Uh, Lily Reinhardt showed up, Cardi B, even Julia Stiles, who, by the way, is my wife's cousin. It's like her third cousin or something. Um, and she only knew that because Julia styles like reached out to her and was like, Hey, you're my cousin. And she was like, Oh really? Aren't you Julia Styles?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, they are related kind of similar nose. Actually, if you look at her nose, you know, I am a nose man. Um, anyway, this was a decent movie. Um, I think for me, I found it really interesting how J Lo kind of turn this into a uh not not particularly her but you know her people the studio everything like a big Oscar push for her in this movie and she actually ended up getting a nomination for Golden Globes for best supporting actress um yeah that's maybe as far as I'll go. my commentary on J-Lo in this movie, which was – I mean, a lot, a lot of extra time was taken to watch her walk. Every time she had to have an entrance, slowed down the movie a little bit. And the insistence uh, – like, they really pushed her character. This was definitely a – it felt in a lot of ways like an old studio picture – where they had decided they were relaunching, uh, you know, like an actress, like a comeback. And this just had that written all over it. I mean, in between all of that, it was actually a pretty fun movie. A little long, as I think most movies are. Um, You know, the the cast was real. I mean, Constance Wu, I think, is really something else. And actually, the film that she was in, that kind of – blew up crazy rich Asians, I, I was really surprised the way that she was used in that film because I thought that she can do so much more. And this film really does allow her to do a lot. And I felt that she was the one who should have been nominated for things. Not J Lo, who didn't really do I mean she was okay she's not the greatest actress, you know, she's a performer and she's fantastic. It's JLo, but she's not the best actress. And I thought constant woo was great. Lily Reinhart kind of surprised me. I'd only seen her on the um, Archie show on the CW. Um, Lizzo makes an appearance for some reason that I didn't care about. Cardi B who cares? Uh, it's just like put people that they kind of put in the movie. Uh, But overall, the story is about a group of um, exotic dancers. It was originally from a story that actually took place at Scores in Manhattan. And what they're doing – minor spoiler alert here – They, uh, you know, 2008 hits, the market crashes, all the guys that used to come into the club and spend big money on them just for dancing, mind you, right? Like that's kind of a thing that they show in it is that they were like the highest class of, uh, exotic dancers, but they were not, you know, going into the champagne room, doing whatever, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it wasn't, it didn't delve into that in a sense that the club was like making them do this or which I thought it was going to go in that direction. That's why I kind of liked it. There's not even that. I remember like a big, like club owner here. It's just, it really centers more on the women. And after the crash, they end up uh, deciding to drug dudes and like, take all their money. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of played like this, like female empowerment thing you know they got together what are we going to do yeah let's drug people and steal their money cuz they're bad they're, they you know they lost all the money they try to make this illusion towards the financial meltdown and how these rich white guys didn't have to pay for it. And then these women come and then most of them women of color in this group and kind of take the money back from them. So I understand what they were going for, but the film didn't really have the depth um, to keep that going. It concentrated more on the dramatic scenes between uh, Ramona and Destiny, J Lo and Constance Wu. I think it's worth watching, but it really was interesting just to see it as how you how a film is made and how the process can affect the final product, as we see in art all the time. How they have an idea. We basically want to make a starring vehicle for J Lo, you know, and however. If that was the impetus behind the film, I'd like to read more about it or it became that after, but it's so prevalent. I mean, she literally has like seven or eight song entrances. It just keeps on happening and they make fun of it a little bit. Like, give me my music. She says to the DJ and then they walk across, but then they do it so many times that I wasn't quite sure that they really knew that they were doing that. <laughs> it just happened. So overall hustlers, I would definitely say, check it out. It's, it's a fun movie. Constance Wu's fantastic. Uh, who directed this damn movie? I should see here. I'm sitting here in front of the computer. Um, Lorraine Scafaria. What else did she direct? Let's see, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, The Meddler, Coherence, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist? Really? She directed that? Ah, I didn't know that. Oh, Oh, no, she wrote the screenplay. Okay, so I wonder if this was her first film. Let's see, a producer and writer. Looks like she was more of a writer, and she was an actress, too. Yeah, I've seen her in something before. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is interesting. This is why I like talking about shit on a podcast. Uh, did not. Oh, okay. So she started. She did a couple TV. Did Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Love is Dead, a TV movie. Then three episodes a New Girl. The Meddler. Th- and then, I hadn't heard of that. This is Heaven, a TV movie. And then she did Hustlers. Good for her. That's nice. Yeah, I hope she does something else too. It was very, it was well-directed. I thought the pacing was decent. Like I said, a little long, but everything is long. All right, moving on. Been watching this show called Reckoning on Netflix. My wife and I got into it. And the reason why I wanted to watch it, initially, I hadn't heard anything about it. New to Netflix. Wasn't sure if it was a, a Canadian type of show. It just, you know, hadn't heard of it. Can tell by the people in it. So it turns out that it may have been, uh, I think it was actually shot in Australia, but it's supposed to take place in suburban Northern California. So it's an Australian production and it stars Aiden Young um, and Sam Trummel. If you remember, Sam Trummel is from um, the old uh, True Blood, baby. And Aiden Young was on Rectify, he was fantastic on Rectify. So Aiden Young stars as a cop who has been on the hunt of a serial killer who, who cuts out the tattoos of young women and dumps them in the forest. And it's been five years since the last murder, and it's happening again. And Sam Trommel is the local guidance counselor at the high school, and his young disturbed son comes back to live with him. And it's really good. I told Solo about this and he was like, I got to watch this. And I got to tell you, if you like these kind of shows, I suggest everybody watch it. I don't even want to give anything more away. I'm not going to talk too much about it. I'm just going to say that it has a great tone to it. It's shot well. The production design is of of higher quality than I would expect. Um, Because like I said, I thought it was kind of like a... Maybe like a low-grade show that was shot, try to sell to like CBS as a miniseries or something when I first looked at it. But then when I started watching, it's like, oh, okay, no, this is a quality production. Shout out to Peter. It's from Australia. Uh, Great cast. And it's super weird. Aiden Young is a weird dude. To me, he's like a younger Kyle McLaughlin because Kyle McLaughlin's older now. Because when you watch him in a movie, he's whatever age you watch him in, right? Aren't films crazy like that? But Aiden Young is like, got that Kyle McLaughlin vibe and they definitely play into it. And those who have seen Rectify, which is a fantastic show, you know, I only watched two and a half seasons of that. And then I think I stopped getting Sundance. So I want to go back and, and pick up on that. Uh, but that is a great show. Rectify He plays a guy who is let out of jail um for a murder that he may or may not have committed and it 's like his reintroduction to life and his strange family and it 's a great show rectify it 's slow t v this is not this is pretty this is not slow t v this is a uh you you recognize the beats. Serial killer and loose, the, you know, Aiden Young's got a family and ooh, what's going on with his daughter? She's texting dirty pics and blah. Sam Trump. Oh, what's up with him? His wife, you know, used to do the Oh, she's got a past. You know, it's got like all that kind of dramatic type of stuff that we all love. Uh, but I would suggest you watch it. Ten episodes on Netflix now. Reckoning. Check it out. Not too gory but also kind of scary. I, I really enjoy it. it. might be like the, the, the find of the summer, the diamond in the rough. So check that out. Take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. and We're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed. Happy, surprised at the amazing products that Cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an formal event coming up. You know, I'm not into Cufflinks. But guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Recently, watched another movie, Underwater with Kristen Stewart. She is underwater, and guess what? You're underwater the whole damn movie. I like this movie. I, I can't tell you exactly why. Um, it is a very run-of-the-mill, sci-fi, underwater. They're on an underwater drilling thing, and it's just collapsing. Like What I liked about the film is they set it up. She's got a narration, a voiceover. And it's like the typical stuff when you're alone somewhere for so long, you start to think every noise is the end blah like all this. And then bam, like two minutes into the movie, the whole rig underwater starts collapsing. She's escaping and it's very propulsive. It just goes, goes, goes. Eventually when you find out what's happening, it's not, it's kind of, it's it's okay it's not like super crazy surprising but she sells it i think she is a great actress now was not a fan of the pedophile vampire movies um but you know they all pulled look at look what it look what came out of it Pattison is a fantastic actor watch good time watch so many of his other films he's been in so many great films now and she has been in so many great films too and she really lends a A-list quality to what is otherwise like a sci-fi level C-list kind of action. It's a perfect length, an hour and a half. It flows by. Um, I'm going to guess that this was a kind of multinational um, production here. It was directed by a guy, William Eubank. Let's see, what else did he direct? We're we're going on dives on this podcast. William not born in 82. Oh, he directed The Signal. Okay. Interesting. Now I get it. Good for him. First feature, Love, in 2011, and then The Signal in 2014, which I thought was pretty good. I really like this movie a lot. Actually, this is actually on Netflix right now. The Signal, and it's about these kids who are, hear this crazy noise, and they they're, they track it down to the desert. Uh, I don't want to actually that one. I won't, don't want to talk any more about because that's a really fun one. That's great. Oh, now where I oh, I see the quality here. Okay, good for that dude. This is probably why Chris and Stewart signed on for this movie. Now I understand why she did the movie. Because this guy is a good director. Um, he was trying for something more. I wouldn't be surprised to find out that there was some tweaking in post-production on this one. Some of the choices that were made, maybe even in pre-production as far as what exactly is happening. I think there it may have had more of a psychological bend in the original script and it became more of an action film. But man, Kristen Stewart, she really is pretty captivating on the screen. Um, I think she's great. My wife kind of makes fun of her a little bit. She's all teeth. But speaking of all teeth, Little Fires Everywhere. <laughs> all right. Little Fires Everywhere. <laughs> How can I start? Carrie Washington, uh, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Jonathan Jackson. Great cast. I enjoyed this. I think I mentioned this a little bit. Uh, when, when was I on a last podcast? I kind of shouted it out, but, oh, DJ talked about it. His friend wrote on it. Um, I really loved Little Fires Everywhere. I thought it was fantastic. It's on, streaming on Hulu now. It is, as it, uh, it has been called, Big Little Lies in Ohio. And it kind of is that, um, except it involves a lot more of the kids, that was one part that at second episode or so, I was like, okay, a lot of kids, a lot of teens, a lot of teen angst, not really my thing, but uh, worked through it and um, really, grew, I do think it was very well written because they were able to join these multi-generational stories together and connect them not just through experience, but through Economic, societal uh, ambitions, as well as classifications. So in that sense, I really did enjoy that part of it. Uh, uh, and the kids turned out to be pretty good actors and actresses. Actually, they did very good casting, especially the kid who plays the older brother, uh, who's like secretly the best actor, probably on the show. And I hope he gets a lot of work going forward, but Carrie Washington, whoo, yeah. Um, okay. So I know she's very popular. I know people love Scandal. Scandal was soapy, overdramatic, silly, fun. You know, it was great TV fodder. But at many points during Little Fires Everywhere, it really risks going. Reese Witherspoon pulls it back, and the kids pull it back. And what's his name? What is it? Joshua or Jonathan Jackson? I always get them mixed up. He pulls it back because he's fantastic. Fringe, baby. But Kerry Washington, uh, when you're an actor, and I wish I was talking about this with Solo, you try to develop an internal monologue as an actor. What is your character thinking about while someone's talking, right? What is their... When people say what is your motivation, that's internal motivation, right? Which can best in my opinion sparingly be shown to the audience. Carrie Washington does not know how to do this. Every time someone speaks to her, she reacts so incredibly I can't remember, it's just like she so overacts that I had to, at some points, I just let it go, let it go. That's, that's who she is as an actress. It works for scandal. The more higher quality productions like this, that she does, hopefully she does some things where she's a little more reserved at times. Now this character was like that. No doubt. She plays an artist with a secret past which is takes up most of what the story is about. And that is really great. And at the time where she needs to go nuts, she's great. And she goes nuts, but she goes nuts 20 times a show, 20 times an episode. So she really, it just, it's like a little bit, you know, and she does have kind of her her mouth i saw somebody, one of my old students victor i love that dude Some extremely intelligent motherfucker he um put that someone was selling a carrie uh, washington face mask with her like <laughs> her lip scowl going on and it is just i mean she's beautiful but and yeah look i got big teeth too but that's not what it's about. It's about her acting. She's doing that, right? She's putting that emphasis into everything. And it's a little distracting. A little distracting. But like I said, the parts where she has to bring an energy to it and a and a and a kind of almost uncontrolled fire. I can't it's not it's not an anger, it's a fire, right? Because she is an artist too that that plays very well. So she was cast well in this. Sh- I couldn't imagine anyone else doing the role, but it does. I, I And I've read a couple other articles about this show where people kind of are dissing it because of her performance. And I would, I'm trying to actually stand up for it, which is to say it's true. She does overact in it. That's kind of her thing. I mean, she was on Scandal for eight seasons. That is that show. But, She needs to find another gear where she can take that talent because she's very talented and pull it in a little bit and allow her character to have more of an internal monologue there that she can then sparingly let that to the audience because I think it would have been more effective. The other thing about this show, which is in the uh days here of heavily serialized top notch big actor i mean this is Reese Witherspoon right you expect this show to be on a certain hbo right level and big uh, little fires everywhere big little fires i almost called it the first two episodes i was like wow this is the tone of it the, the pacing This is like Big Little Lies. And then the third episode hits and they really get to the meat of what the show's about. And it is much more dramatic soap opera type uh, story than it is in the first two episodes. So the first two episodes set up what you think is going to be a slow burn only for it to literally explode in the third episode when you find out certain secrets about people's pasts and coincidences that happen and whatnot, and then it becomes more of itself. So I think that may have been a little bit jarring too, because I would expect this to have gotten much greater reviews and much more attention. And it seemed to kind of been released and go, -er," that's kind of Hulu too. Uh, I talked a little bit about on Westworld Theorycast, another Hulu show, Devs. And if you are a fan of science fiction and you are a fan of science fiction, (laughs) then you should watch devs because it's fucking great. I love this show. It is written and directed all episodes by Alex Garland, who is a fantastic director. Annihilation, Ex Machina, 28 Days Later. This dude is fantastic. And this show is amazing. I absolutely loved it. I'm not going to say a freaking word about it. Go watch Devs on Hulu. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done. I I don't want to give it away because it's weird and it's total sci-fi stuff. If you liked West, last season of Westworld, or if you like any of Westworld, or if you like anything having to do with weird sci-fi stuff, Watch devs. Nick Offerman's hair is a little distracting. The lead on the show who actually played the other um I don't want to spoil ex machina either. <laughs> the other woman on X in Ex Machina um is the star. And she is a non-traditional star. Um she has of on the other, when I was talking about Kerry Washington, exact opposite. She is all internal, and it's a little hard to to kind of see that she is the lead of this show in the first couple episodes because she is so withdrawn. But I think in the end. It serves a purpose for the show, and I thought I think she was good casting. But she too needs a little bit more. Carrie Washington, those two should hang out together, and l- like watch each other. And then Carrie Washington be a little quiet, a little more reserved. And then the actress on Debs, who I uh, did not look up right now, but I'm going to look at watch this. I'll do it right while we're live on the air, and look it up. Her name is Sonia Mizuno. Yeah, Sonia Mizuno um, needs a little bit more sometimes, you know? Uh, But she was also good at bringing uh, bringing this kind of slow burn energy like this. this, But she had a potential energy the whole time. And then it becomes kinetic and you're like, whoa, what's happening? Uh, So it was interesting, but also did keep you guessing as to what her – Next move was going to be, and when certain things happen in it that are surprising, you buy it because you start to understand that she is an extremely motivated person and an an ex, an extremely indiv- individualistic, and that's an important for the um for the for the plot overall as well. And Nick offerin's awesome Offerman, but his hair's weird; it's really weird, but. He's awesome, and he has a nice beard. I appreciate a nice beard. Uh, what, what else I got to talk about? Uh, what else did we watch? I talked about the two movies. Billions. Billions Season 5. Loving it. What a great show. Giamatti bringing it again. Of course, you got my, my red-headed brother, Damian Lewis. Who always talks with his teeth out like this let me tell you something chuck i can't really do his accent but he, he he always forms his mouth like it's kind of like a bird Have you ever noticed that about Damian lewis and it it makes it very intense do you hear can you guys hear my son yelling playing minecraft in the background i don't know if he's coming on to the podcast but guess what he's there um, I'm loving this season of Billions. I think it's really fun, and this is my prediction, based on nothing. And, and if this is spoilers for Billions if you're not up to speed. I think this is a season where Axe turns good guy. I think everything is setting him up to make a insane but extremely egotistical turn towards good, wherein he will try to be the best at being good because, you know, because <laughs> you know? Axe is, I mean, this show is perfect representation of America, of modern America. Win at all costs. He, lo- you know, nobody likes this guy, but he's got billions. Um, What does he do with it? He just uses it to hurt people and get more money, but it's just so much fun. And Maggie Siff, riding through this world. That's right, baby. Uh Wendy Rhodes, she's fantastic on this show. Giamatti's great. Not Asia Kate Dillon. Uh they do a great job in this show. The role is taking a turn. Like Last season they kind of they didn't know what to do with Taylor, I felt. Then they kind of did some you know, I I don't know. I feel like they they're trying to figure out what Taylor's role is in this show. And might be a sneak attack happening i'm not sure you never know on billions but i'm a big fan of billions i always love billions and you can always say billions baby so it makes it makes it better and they actually have a billions podcast with the guys who do it uh koppelman and uh david levine who spells his name l-e-v-i-e-n but it's pronounced levine it's interesting right uh, so check out billions. What else do I got? Um, I think that might be it. I think that might be the pod for today. A short one. I probably need to go tell my son to stop yelling while he's playing Minecraft. Cause my wife is on a work call, but, um, I am, what am I looking forward to? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff coming out and I've been rewatching at night, build a little Gundam, little tired, New York. By Rick Burns, as my brother reminded me. Not Ken Burns, his brother Rick made it. The documentary series, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's wonderful. Two hours an episode. I'm a little halfway through the second episode. It's 1855, talking 1860, talking about the know-nothings. What a connection. Look up know-nothings, the know-nothing party, and see how everything's a cycle in America and politics and you think everything's new. And then when you look back into history, you find everything's not really that new. <laughs> it's all been done before. Um, but that series is fantastic. And a little bit, um, they were just making what? 1859 central park. Manhattan is amazing. You they raise the entire city, flatten it. To put in the grid, and then they put in the huge park in the middle. I mean, it's crazy—create the largest man-made park. But what a—I love, I love, love, love that series, New York. I've watched it so many times, and they should do another one. Should update it. I think it's about time that they do another one. They stopped in two thousand one, and they did about forty years an episode. So let's see. Maybe give him another 20 years and make another episode of New York and just keep on making them like the up series. Um, I have watched a couple of the, I watched the Parks and Rec COVID special, coronavirus special. That was good. It was fun. It was nice. I know this is the popular thing. Let's get back to cast of Back to the Future. Let's get back to cast of this. These things are fun. These are nice. They're, they make money for people that need it first responders and so forth. But um, most interestingly, I think is this, I've only checked out about half an episode of it. What is it called with um, the guy from What's Always Sunny? Mythic Nights, I think it's called. And But I read the article. It was amazing that just ingenious ways that people are shooting things, putting it together. That's what film and TV is all about. It's solving problems. That is what it is. Creatively solving problems. And this is a problem. So you got to solve it. Um, I think that it's cool. Tyler Perry is taking like a hundred people, testing them every day, bring them to his Atlanta studio, having them live there for two months while they shoot like two seasons of his shows for own and BET. Super cool, go Tyler Perry. Um, People going into production in other ways. There's a great article today that Andy had on Reality Blurred about how it's not as easy as you think to get everybody to like shoot the circle or just do. Why isn't why isn't CBS doing like endless Big Brothers? You know, because there are a lot more people involved that you don't see. All those houses are, if you, when they, (laughs) do you ever notice when they show like the bachelor mansion, they, you see like the outside and five rooms and it's a huge mansion because the rest of the mansion is full of the crew. And, And sometimes you can see on the side, the big trucks, there's, you know, there's four times as many crew, five times as many crew as the people you're seeing on the screen or just the cameraman and producers So many people involved, you know, to do it safely and have people be comfortable. Um, That was an interesting article, but it is interesting to see what will be made. What won't Netflix has reportedly said that they will not be pushing back anything for a year. Stranger things is coming out. Um, The next season of haunting of Hill house, which has a different name is coming out. Everything's coming out on Netflix lot of other places. So what, what, what's going to happen is it's two years, a year and a half from when everybody gets back to work that you see that nothing's ready because everything's planned in advance. So it's not now that everything, you know, now, okay, they can't shoot a new survivor. They can't shoot because that they actually produce those right before. A lot of the uh, broadcast networks are not going to have stuff because people take off and then they go in and they shoot everything. But a lot of the streaming services are going to have their stuff for the next year or so. It's not going to be as interrupted. So it's interesting to see the way people will get out of this. I mean, talk about the bottle episode, which is the famous term used for an episode of television where you stay within the bottle or within the house, right? Or one set. It's cheaper, easier to shoot, shoot it fast. And it's cheaper. You don't have to go on locations or set dress or anything like that. Relight. Um, so it's interesting to see how people are going to do that. Um, and that mythic nights, uh, which is on, um, Apple TV, it did a whole episode where they shot like from their houses and stuff. And as Things, you know, as people have been tested and are not sick and have been quarantined, you know, you can send equipment to people, but then it's like trying to get them to learn how to do it. Excuse me is another thing. Um, but uh, let's see. What else do I have to talk about? I don't know. What else have I I've been playing? A lot of Animal Crossing. Anybody out there into Animal Crossing? Come to my island. If you're down with Animal Crossing, email us, dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up. I'm pretty much off Twitter. I got off Twitter. I do in the Facebook group. It's fun. I look at Facebook sometimes during the day, check it out. But Twitter, I can't do it anymore. I'm off of it. It's too hostile. It's too negative. And then I get negative. I'm, part, I'm a part of it. I'm just as bad as everybody else. I'm not, I'm not blaming everybody else. It's me too. I get, I jump right into the fray. That's <laughs> doesn't, <laughs> doesn't take long for a guy who can sit down and record 45 minutes without stopping, uh, to get into the fray on Twitter people. Uh, so I'm not blaming everybody else or you, if you're on it, I just, I don't know. It's just too much. So email, that's the new thing. Email me, go back to the old thing. DVR podcast at com. My Island on animal crossing is amazing. Actually. There is this young woman, Bailey, who I met at GameStop, and I think I'm going to do a video game podcast with her. Maybe when The Last of Us 2 comes out. I am getting The Last of Us 2. I'm currently trying to get into a replay of The Last of Us, but damn Animal Crossing Island, man, my island is amazing, yo. I have, I I mean, I laid down flooring every, I mean, you know, what do they call it out in the outside world, rock paths. I've got a three tiered mountain that I put my house on that has eight waterfalls. I have a huge garden Got I, I I made the campground huge. I made an estate for myself, but then I moved my son there and I have an agreement with him. I'm going to make the Island perfect perfect, perfect, perfect. I already put in like 200 hours into this freaking thing. Then I have a basketball court. You go online, you find the codes. You got to, you could do the codes. You can get codes for everything. Go online. You just go into the able sister shop. You go, it's not just for clothes. You can do the pads. You can do, you can paint the sides of the, the, um, little stands and everything. It's amazing. But, uh, what was I saying? Um, uh, what did I do an animal crossing? Oh, I gave my son my stakes. I made a deal with him. I'm going to make it perfect. Then when the, when it's perfect, I'm gonna do like a video, show the whole island off. Then I'm gonna let him destroy it. He can do it every wants. <laughs> and I'm going to go play the last of us. Uh, but I'm so looking forward to the last of us too. And I, I, I want to do a game, uh, gaming pod there. Get Bailey on here and talk. She's great. And, um, we'll do that over the summer, too. What video games has everybody been playing? It's been good to play video games. I've been riding my that's riding my bike with my kid is like the number one thing. I go on like seven bike rides a day. We ride all around the hood, yo social distance style. sometimes we see some kids they come they ride with us, right? Everybody's riding apart but we have fun and it's good to get out of the house. Um, There was one show that I had, like in the back of my mind, it's calling to me. It's like, Axel, you wanted to talk about that show. And then as soon as I hit stop on record, it's going to come right to my mind. And I'm going to be like sitting here. I got to record a whole nother show just to talk about the one show that I forgot to talk about, but I see what else have I been watching. But watching, Oh, I finished the season of shrill. That's it with AD Bryant from Saturday Night Live. The first season on Hulu, the first season had a real point to it, okay? She is a single woman in Portland, right here in Portland. I recognize every place they go on the damn show. I recognize. It's so funny. Growing up in Jersey and New York, how many freaking things are shot in New York? Every thing, it's like you get bored of it. Oh, hey, look, there's Union Square. Who gives a shit? You know, what I mean? like, you know, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I all of a sudden lapse right into my New Yorker, uh, but I'm from Jersey. Don't forget that. I'm not from New York. I'm from Jersey, but it's just like, who cares? Big deal. There's Times Square. Oh, look, Tom Cruise is in Times Square and it's empty. Nice. Yeah. I've been to Times Square at three o'clock in the morning. Big fucking deal. Uh, it's uh, who cares? It's New York, but Portland is such a little city. That I do get that kind of like feeling. Oh, look, I know that store. Oh, cool, you know. Um, And I get that, of course, when watching Portlandia, which I saw them shooting at a park, Woodstock, that we go to. But this is like they go all around, and it's mostly because I live near Southeast, and that's where a lot of stuff gets shot. And um, Shrill is always popping up in place. Oh, I, oh, look at that. Cool. They don't like change the signs on anything either. So all the like stores they show that really is there except for the, the thorn that she works at. So she's a journalist and she's coming into her own and trying to become comfortable with herself, her weight, uh, the way people treat her, the way she treats herself, her parents. You know, it's a great show. I really enjoyed it. I think Adie Brian, is a really good actress and can do much more than comedy. And this show proves it. And it's weird. Portland, of course, Um, but the second season, I really enjoyed it, but it just is kind of like a continuation. Whereas the first season showed a lot of growth. This was kind of almost like a 1.5 season rather than a second season. It was like Hulu said, Hey, go do another season. And they were like, what do you want to do? And they're like, let's just have her live her life and kind of figure it out. And I really like that. I I like that. They didn't come back. After such a uh, heavily plotted, it was, it's not really heavily plotted, but it's every episode in the first season had a point, right? And it was about self-empowerment and it was about discovery. And that is what it is about in the second season, but they take a more laid back approach. So it seems a little bit more meandering and I kind of feel like the show's better that way, so I hope that they continue that into the third, fourth, fifth, sixth season. Because I like the characters; I actually like just being with the characters. They inherited a hell of a lot of people from Portlandia, and they embrace that in the second season. You can feel it. There is whole plot lines where you are like, "This doesn't. This does not need to be in the show. It's just stupid, funny stuff, and that's fine—stupid and funny." I really like it. I'm glad Hulu's given her the money to do this show. And if you want to watch something that's just fun and cool and it's cool people, I would give it a shot. Shrill on Hulu. I like it a lot. And I think I actually, maybe I like the second season better than the first season, even though I felt that the first season was, had a little bit more depth to it. But the characters are what really makes it. And they recognize that and they went with it. It's almost a little, if they just had her in the office all the time, it is almost like a parks and rec, speaking of which, uh, in Portland. And it's a lot of fun, weird characters, fun situations, really enjoyed it. Enjoyable, enjoying enjoyable. That's what I wanted to do. You know what I wanted to do is I wanted to thank some people while I'm here on the air because we got some nice reviews and I have not thanked these people for their wonderful reviews of our show called Daily DVR. So I want to give a thank you to Stan. Thank you, Stan. I want to give a thank you to Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. BB and GA. Oh, who's that? I think I know who that is. We love you, BB. Heath Center Brown U Junior. Gave us a couple reviews, I think, also over on Westworld. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Give us a review on iTunes. We got 29 of them. We could always use more. Uh, I think that's all I got. That is all I got. Hey, I got the podcast app open. Do I have any podcast suggestions? Mm, Oh, Aziz started a new podcast called The Podcast of Surprise about The Witcher books. That's been pretty good. Hey, I've been listening to this podcast called... Uh, I, you know what? I don't even know what the podcast is like changed its name. It's called Chewy plays Nintendo, but the podcast is called Haken an animal crossing podcast. And I've been listening to that because I love playing animal crossing with my son. He's reading treasure Island right now. I got him reading treasure Island. It's kind of hard. You know, I was kind of a smart kid and I'm not trying to brag or anything, but it's just, I read a lot when I was a kid. By the time I was about eight or nine years old, I was reading adult books. And when I was about nine is when I started reading Arthur C. Clarke, Isaac Asimov, all those crazy. I was such a sci-fi head and I got sick of all the stupid kids books because they didn't have the YA books when I was growing up like they have today. So it was like you either went to the classics, right? Jules Verne, all that kind of stuff, or... You said, I'm going to try to read an adult science fiction book. And that's what I did. And I started reading them. So my, my son's always like, dad, I'm not like you. I'm not going to read these adult books. I want to read like Star Wars, Paw Patrol. <laughs> so I was like, why don't you start with Treasure Island, kid? You can read that. All right. Now I'm just talking to talk. And because I love podcasting, um, that's all I got. Um, full of praise and thanks. Now that I got the mic in the hand, thanks everyone again for listening. Thanks for downloading. Do appreciate it. I do appreciate everyone bearing with me as I put it out less shows, uh, but it'll still be on the same feed here on Daily DVR and the Mindhunter shows over on Mindhunter. But I do hope to have people like Justin, Gareth, James, Sean and Sean and Heath and Gina and Tim and Andy and Brett and all the folks in, in podcast land come on over the summer and chat with me about different kind of stuff. Roberto, Roberto and I were talking about doing a show and I hadn't even watched it yet. So Roberto, if you're listening, I'm going to watch that show we were talking about. Um, but right now I'm actually, oh my gosh, it's five o'clock. I got to go make dinner, people. Thanks for listening. DVRPodcast.com podcast at gmail dot com, cufflinks dot com. Peace. Later. Say howdy to your moms for me. Can you hear my son yelling? Let's see. I'll be silent. I'll turn the mic towards the wall. <laughs>